0: Thank you. praise God, thank you for being here with us, and you are having a wonderful evening, and some of you are getting ready for rain, and some of you are just up a little bit in there, I don't know rain tonight or tomorrow, either way, praise God for that, and thank God for the drop in temperature as well, what a blessing So the title of tonight's message is, I shall hear unto God, we come to you now in Jesus' name. Lord God, to thank you for your word. I ask you to take charge and look to your word tonight and to speak to us. Open the hearts to hear from you. And as our prayer, Lord God, if there be anyone who would become your only personal Lord, Savior, anyone who uses your heart, like we this this tonight. that night. Or, Lord God, if there be someone tonight have a burden, If someone, Lord God, has a hurt that only you can fix, only you can hear. Now, pray, Father, that's excites me tonight. They will come to you. Lay it down before you, Lord God, and find peace. At the same time, Lord God, we pray with special blessings upon Israel. See you to bless them. Look after them, Lord God. Lead them and guide them in direct them. Father God. at the same time, open the eyes of Israel. Our eyes have been so close so long, Lord God. I pray, Lord, that we can get a word from you. Not just in the open, but a word from the teaching, Lord God. A word about what's happening, where we are, what to expect, what to think of next, Lord God, so that we might be in courage, so and we might, Lord God, looking forward to what's next. We bless you. We praise you. I have to be stupid to have to look at the other one. Jesus, right in the weekend. Amen. We're well, in Acts chapter 26. I shall appear unto thee. And so I'm going to for ask you to forgive us. I did use my old two games to write this. And so uh, forgive me in that So I'm going to do these and thou and dies and dines and things like that. And there it's not. So forgive me. All right, let's begin, shall we? I shall appear unto thee. So many of you have seen the pictures in your Bibles about Jesus appearing to the Apostle Paul, and that's really what we're focusing in on tonight, the Apostle Paul and Jesus speaking into his life. There is a lot of neat, neat, neat pictures and a lot of new sermon about the apparitions of Jesus to the Apostle Paul. I encourage brought to we learn a little bit about that. What we have here is a picture of Paul in prison and Jesus appearing up there. If you're joining us online tonight, we want to welcome you to. Here in the sanctuary with us, experience what God is doing at Rock Madden's Baptist Church. So you see a picture here. Let me put out a Robert Madden's disclaimer. This is not an actual photograph, okay? <laughs> For those of you might think that it is, it's not. This is the artist's rendition of what he or she thought may have been like or something like that at that time. I love that the artist always, almost always, perceives in the stone, white after the resurrection. that always put him in a blinding white light, light. and I think that's really cool think that's a neat way to look at it, a neat way to hold on to some of those things. Um, but they always put Paul in this helpless, down-on-his-ground uh, kind of moment there, and I think that's also too uh, But as I read through the book of Acts more and more, I come to find this Apostle Paul he's he, not a helped with The Apostle Paul was courageous. The Apostle Paul was confident. The Apostle Paul knew that no matter what happened, where he was going, and that Fuel, you know, to keep on keeping on. And I think we need a good dose of that again in the church today. Sometimes it doesn't matter what's happening. What matters is where we're going and we need to not ever forget that. So let's begin then, let's take a look at the next slide. Acts chapter twenty six, let's together verses twelve and eighteen. The Bible says, Whereupon if I went to Damascus, with authority and commission from the chief priest, now this we've talked to even his testimony. Here. Verse thirteen at midday, okay I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me, and them was carrying with me. Let's look at the next slide. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking of me and saying, In the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for me to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee. Witness both of you things which thou hast seen, those things in which I will appear unto thee. Delivering me from the people and from the Gentiles, from the whom now I send thee, you, open their eyes. I have appeared to you for the dream, and I will appear unto you. Hence the title of Christ's message. I shall appear unto thee. Let's begin. I've appeared unto thee, and I will appear unto thee. It's not just a hate. This is something you've seen in the past, and at the end of your relationship, you're going to see me again. You're going to experience God again. Consider to be our Gethsemane moment. What is a Gethsemane moment, you might say? Well, a Gethsemane moment is where you went into the garden of Gethsemane. You went in, and at that particular time, somewhere in your life, you bowed down on your knees and you gave every bit of you to God. It might have been recently, if you're a newer Christian, it might have been 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, and it might be something you repeat every two or three days. You go back to the I'm surrendering every piece of me to you. And that Gethsemane moment. You get that realization that a part of you, you're holding back from God. a part of you holding back from Jesus. And so what you do is surrender it all, like Jesus is not my will, but thy will be done. The Apostle Paul is no exception in that. He had his Gethsemane moment. And you might know what that Gethsemane moment is. That's where he's on. the Damascus Road. He is walking with authority from the chief priest. And from the high priest that that to arrest Christians inside of the he was going to terrorize them, pull them back into Jerusalem, and try his best with all the power, all the tricks, all the persuasiveness, even to the point of torture and imprisonment to get them to say, Jesus is not Lord. That's why it's so important. It's so important. For you as a Christian to remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. You like to think of him as Savior? We like to think of friend and buddy and sing those songs. What a friend we have in Jesus. But we cannot ever forget that Jesus Christ is Lord and there is nothing beside him. Can I get an amen on that tonight? Not one thing comes close to him. Not one thing can be near him, not one thing can be beside him. He is Lord and He alone. In fact, the Bible tells us in the book of Philippians, chapter two, that at the end of these days, one of these days, Son is going to come back, and the Bible tells us every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to the glory of God the Father that Jesus Christ is, help me out now, Lord. He is Lord. So that is something we must remember. In fact, it talks the terrible of Romans chapter 10, that if you're going to be a Christian, you must believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's extremely important. And that's what Paul was going to Damascus to try to get them to renounce or denounce or to not say at all Jesus Christ is Lord. How many of you are Revelation readers? It's a Baptist church. We all are Revelation readers. We all like, yeah, we got it. We got it all figured out right Too at the end. Every one of us do. Anyway, with that being said though, do you remember what the problem is with those get their head cut off is because they are going around saying Jesus Christ is Lord. And so they were having their heads removed. If you're a historian, you history around Revelation that was the problem with the Roman uh, government with the Christians was because they would go around saying Jesus Christ is Lord, and so they would stand up and say, If you don't denounce Jesus and say that Caesar is Lord, we will remove your head. And so, we end up with verses in Revelation like, The fearful, the abominable, those people will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. You need to think about how important it is that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so, as we're thinking about that, just to get off on a a little rabbit trail here, what does it mean to have Jesus Christ as your Lord? We know what it means to have Him as Savior. We know what it means to have Him as friend, as advocate, as sin forgiver. But what does it mean to have Him as Lord? We don't talk about that enough. We don't preach about that enough. I don't think we teach about that enough. Jesus Christ is Lord. And when He's Lord, He has the right to tell you anything. He has the right to send you anywhere. He has the right to intervene. He has the right to inconvenience you. He has the right because He is Lord. He's Lord. And we forget about that sometimes. And we say, well, you're not Lord. Your Buddy. Your Friend. Your Bubba. And the Bubba Jesus is a movement in the modern day church where Jesus is a friend. He's somebody I call upon. I could stumble up to Him at night when i sin. And I say a prayer and say, well, goodness gracious, God, forgiven me. Now I can go right back into my sin again tomorrow. And really, it's Jesus Lord again. You no, know, the sin is Lord, isn't it? He keeps calling you back and calling you back and calling you back. Calling you back here. So, with that being said, the Apostle Paul shares his testimony. that testimony he gives to the king is that he learned Jesus is Lord. I think it's amazing when Paul, the Apostle, Paul, the Pharisee, or at this time Saul, falls on his feet and cries out, Lord, who art thou? You know the story quite well. This is the first time Paul sees him in a heavenly vision. Now, there are some scholars out there who think that maybe the Apostle Paul had met Jesus at an earlier age. I'm not one who can agree or disagree to with that. However, I can tell you this. The Bible tells us this is the first time that the Apostle Paul sees him in a resurrected form. And he cries out, Who art thou? And Jesus says, I am Jesus. Persecute. And, of course, the Apostle Paul says, well, What do you want me to do? Go into Damascus, and it will be told me what is coming for you. So the Apostle Paul does, Paul is not. He gets up, he goes in, you know quite what well what's happening, he's struck blind, he does to eat, he doesn't drink, uh, a particular disciple named Ananias shows up, prays for him, and scales full off of Saul's eyes. And I believe that's a picture of what's going to happen with our beloved Israel. out one of these days. The scales are going to fall off and they're going to look up and say, Oh my goodness, he's the Messiah we've been waiting for or not waiting for the one we refuse to have seen. See that's the problem we thought he knew. Just like Israel knows. They know when they read their Kana, they know when they read their Torah. They know when they read their prophets. They know when they read their writings that Jesus is the Messiah. There is no doubt about it. There is no mistake about it. There is no way to miss it. He is Messiah. You have to deliberately say, He's not. So, the Apostle Paul, actually, or Saul at this time, meets Jesus the first time on that road. And so, if we began our message out this evening, I've appeared unto thee, and I will appear unto thee. That first reference, I've appeared unto you, was remember. Remember. Remember what happened in your Christian life. And so that brings us to our first point tonight. And we're not going to have this inside the PowerPoint. This is going to come from my heart here. first point we're having tonight is take time to remember what God has done for you. Sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we think what God has did in our life and what God is doing in our life is of little or no value. But I want you to know what God has done in your life is of great value and a greatly to be testified about. It is something you should treasure, something you should tell about, something you should share with everybody in your life. What God is doing right now in your heart, in your life, is a testimony. Let's forget that. The Apostle Paul talks about that. Jesus reminds him I have appeared unto thee. Can you remember when you became a Christian? Can you remember how it felt? The first time you realized He forgives all our sins. Do you remember what it felt like? The first time you heard His voice, do you remember what it felt like? The first time His Word became open to you, do you remember the first time it felt like? When you did His will and you saw somebody else come to know Jesus. There's no greater feeling in the world. I want to preach a sermon in Detroit, Michigan on the greatest thing since sliced peanut butter. Y'all are looking at me like I'm crazy. Let me tell you, Elf and Yankee land, they had sliced peanut butter on it. You could go into the supermarket, you could go into the peanut butter aisle, and it looked like sliced sandwich cheese. And let me tell you, I bought some, I ate it, it was the worst thing I ever had. So it wasn't the greatest thing I ever had. But they did, in Detroit, Michigan, had sliced peanut butter. And I preached that sermon on it because the pastor who picked me up. He was like, you're from Texas, and we had a good time when we Texas. Detroit and he he loved the way I say Detroit. He said, You don't you don't say Detroit, you say Detroit and he would just really, really, really emphasize how I say Detroit. Of course I get sick of how they say things like bag. They don't say bag if they bag. Mm it didn't sound like this. So I had a good time with them. Really good time. They had a really good time with how fast the text talking I was like, I speak slow when it comes to Bro, I speak slow where I come from. Texans can speak fast. We can speak a million miles a minute. Why? Because Texans believe in saying it and get to die. The Apostle Paul, however, reminds us how to share our testimony. He reminds us that what happened to you in your past is worth sharing. And we need to remember what Jesus did in our lives. We need to remember the things He's done in our lives. Remember how He saved you. Yeah, what's up? All right, so Paul shares his testimony and he uses his testimony in witnessing, and so should you. Paul had a marvelous happenings and circumstances in his life, but so have you. You may think, I don't have anything comparable to the Apostle Paul. I wasn't a drug addict. I'm not a thief. I wasn't in prison. You know, why is it nowadays that we look for the most miraculous preacher to be the guy that comes out of prison? Now, I don't want you to get mad at me. I don't want you to think this way. But it's been my experience over 30 years in the ministry. The one who comes out of prison is the least likely one I want to have as pastor. So I'm going to say that. Now, there are exceptions, mind you. I'm not calling them all out. But generally speaking, that's the one I want to do a background check on. That's the one I say, I'm not going to leave my wallet in the room for a little while. Now, with those things in mind... Sharing your testimony it doesn't have to be a marvelous thing. You might have to come up with some great, marvelous side story. Oh, I was so deep in the sin, and look what he did. With it. And we think that's what we got to do in testimony. Wrong. Well, your testimony is no small thing. Jesus Christ saved you. Jesus Christ redeemed you. Jesus Christ brought you out of a world of sin. And you know what? If you didn't, we're into great sin, and you need to praise God that he delivered you from ever going into great sin. Amen? That is no small thing. And Paul had marvelous happenings. Circumstances of life, but so have you when you learn to share your testimony. Let's take a look at our next slide here. So, what God has done in your life is no small thing. You should share it. You should share it with everybody. And let me tell you right now share it with your family. Share it with your family. The hardest thing I've ever done was not sharing it with a stranger, not sharing it in the church, but sharing it with my family. You know how hard it was to share? Did Jesus save me for my family? That was super super hard. And I want to encourage you. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. Share it with your co-workers. Share it with the people on your team. Share it wherever you go. Share your testimony. What God has done in your life is no small thing. And not only share it, but live it. Live it. Live it out. Proclaim it. Make sure that they see it in you. And then like Paul, like we're getting here, Paul shares a testimony to the king here in Acts chapter 26. He reflects on it. This is what God has done for me. You take time to reflect on it as well. Let's move on to the next slide. I'm running out of time there. But did to catch that? Remember verse 16 here? But rise. This is Jesus speaking here. But rise. Stand upon thy feet. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen, and of those things in which I will appear unto thee. So we've got a past appearance. I showed up in your past, and I promise you, Paul. I will show up in your future. And that's where some of us Christians need to be encouraged tonight. We've had Jesus in the past. We've had our salvation experience. We've had our Gethsemane experience. We've even had our testimony sharing experience. But you know what? It seems like sometimes we're just running on empty, running on fumes, trying to get to the next gas station. You need to be encouraged tonight. We will see Him again. We surely say, oh, We're going to see him again. One way or the other, we're going to see him in this body or in the next. We're going to see him in this age or in the next. It doesn't really matter. We're going to see him. And Paul reminds us of that. I will appear unto thee. Let's move on to the next slide. I've appeared unto thee and I will appear unto thee. Christian growth, however, is a process, it's something that starts young. In fact, scripture understanding starts young. A lot of us love to think that young Christians can understand at an experienced Christian level. That's completely wrong. We want to give a young Christian all of those truths that's taken us 30, 40 years to learn, And then we chastise, Well, how come they don't know what we know? Well, they haven't lived what we've lived. They haven't experienced what we've experienced. They haven't understood what we understand. And so a lot of times when we get into Bible studies, I'm not putting down Bible studies or anything like that, but a lot of times we want to take those new Christians and say, how come you're not like me? Because he hasn't lived the way you lived yet. No. He's still worried about whether or not God's going to help him pass a test or God's going to pay a bill for him. You're worried about whether or not your family's going to heaven. Do you understand the difference? Do you understand the difference there? Christian wealth is a process. And it doesn't happen overnight, it comes in time. It comes in time. And Christians folks are supposed to begin understand this. We're supposed to begin that, like babies, they start experiencing hunger, and they want to reach out and get a hold of God's Word, and the first thing they feed upon is milk. If you're trying to give a newborn baby a piece of steak, what do you think is going to happen? That's what happens with a newborn Christian when we try to interpret the seven seals of Revelation for them. Yeah. When we try to interpret those things for we'll them. Give them the milk first. And then sometimes, when we get old as Christians, and we think we want some steak, but you know what? I know right now there are some of us in this congregation, some of us who know that steak is really hard to eat when we get older. Don't believe me. I got a broken tooth up here, and I think it's funny every time. that gives you give me corn on the cob. But I love to eat that corn on the cob. I that one line. I think it's hilarious. You see my broken teeth? That's right. Broken right in the middle. And I think it's hilarious to leave that one row of corn. I, I just keep on eating that way. Here's my point, though. The point is that sometimes when we get older, sometimes it does well to get back on milk. Sometimes we need to get a refresher, and sometimes we need to go back on a softer diet because our body handles it more. As we get older in Christianity, we realize that the more we become childlike, now the scriptures tell us this, the more we become childlike, the more we trust God Almighty. Are you understanding what I'm saying this evening? That. In fact, the Bible tells us. Need to come, like not in not in not in not in Now, it takes parents and future their parents to grow up in Christianity. Every Christian will have a God moment, God moments, God moments, God moments throughout their life. They come. Whatever God sees fit, They come in the church sometimes. They come in preaching sometimes. They come in teaching sometimes. They come when you're out doing God's will. They come when you're serving God. And they come when you're being faithful to God. And in my experience, in my life, they come when you're not in the church, when you don't think you're doing God's will, but you're wanting and you're desiring to stay faithful to God's will. Even when everyone else is looking at you saying, don't do that. And you continue doing God's will and God's moment happens. It grows up. and it encourages reminds us later on down the road, if I stay faithful, this is what will happen. This is what will happen. I don't know how God will do it. I don't know how God will deliver me, but I know he will. Let's take a look at our next slide. So let's look to see the appearances of Jesus to the Apostle Paul. Now we know about the Damascus road we talked to the about that. We know about that appearance and as the Apostle Paul tells us that we read about there in Acts 26, about it in his testimony. And I love that the Apostle Paul declared to us that Jesus spoke to gifts in the Hebrew tongue. Can I tell you something about Hebrew? This may come as the a shop. there was no curse words in Hebrews. You have to borrow a curse words from other languages. Oh, they know what they mean now. You have to borrow them. You've got to learn it. My advice to you is don't do it in your neighbor's face if you're going to learn how to do it right. you like All like right. right. So, Apostle Paul tells King Agrippa about it in his testimony. He shared about what God did in his life. About how Jesus was revealed in his life and how he came to know him as Lord. He said, He's so much Lord in my life that I will go to Caesar, I will go to Agrippa, I will go to Festus, I will go to the Jews, to the Gentiles, I will stand in front of the demons, I will be shipwrecked night and day. I will do His will because He is Lord. So let's see if there are any others and how they might relate to all Christian growth experiences tonight. Let's look at that next slide. So let's take a look at this one right here. This is Acts chapter 16 verses 9-10, we call it the Macedonian man or the Macedonian vision. And so this is where we, if you're a Bible reader, get introduced to a man by the name of Luke. Luke is the beloved physician, and most scholars believe that he may be the picture that Paul sees there. Let's take a look here in Acts 16, verses 9-10. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And then notice in verse 10, and after he had seen this vision, immediately we, notice it changes from third person to second person, or first person here. Uh, Notice that it changes from they to us, from them to we. And after you've seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia, surely gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Now, you need to understand the context of this. So, Paul is doing his best to get into Asia Minor. Want to go in there, and Jesus is actually saying, Don't do it, don't do it, don't go, don't go. And he gets a vision, he says, Go to Macedonia yeah. Go to Macedonia instead, I and mean, we don't have time to talk a little bit about how they cost kind of kind of buttonhole to God, but we've all done it, haven't we? Well, I can just do a little bit of it, God, and it won't hurt. I'll just do it my way. Well, this right here really doesn't count. It does count. It does count. And it is still. Rebellion. God intervenes him. Jesus intervenes Look at the Macedonian vision there. After you've seen the vision, immediately we are to go into Macedonia assuredly gathering that the Lord had called us for to preach the gospel unto them. Let's take a look at the next slide. So here's a picture we have here of Paul's vision of the Macedonian man. We don't really know what the vision was like. Paul does not really describe it to us. All we really get from it is the book of Acts. And Acts tells us they a vision that they, in where they need to go to Macedonia. We don't know what it looked like. We don't know what it sounded like. All we know is that it's happened, And this is the artist's condition for what they think it may have looked like. All right, next slide. Macedonia call. How can we apply the call to all of us? number one, came to Paul in the night. There is something you need to learn from. There is something you need to learn. There's something I need to put back to work in my life. There's something every Christian needs to not forget. It came to Paul in the night. What does that mean? That means that sometimes when we're least expecting God to talk, or God to save or God to intervene when it's the darkest time in our lives, that's when God speaks the loudest. And that's when we should expect to see a vision. And I want you to take a look right now at our beloved United States of America. It cannot get any spiritually darker. We are embracing homosexuality. We are still aborting. We are legalizing drugs and paraphernalia for it. We embrace immorality. We have grabbed a hold of the evil and the wrong and claim for it to be righteous and Right. So we are living in the spirit for it's time. And I believe very soon, very soon, God's going to start giving a vision to his minister, to his saints, to his people. They may feel like, I need to go into Asia. I need to go into Asia Minor. I need to go into China. I need to go somewhere else. But God's going to say, I need you in Macedonia. I need you, listen to me now, I need you in Washington, D.C. That is a pit right there of filth. and grime. Somebody say amen. We need a Christian man. We need a preacher there. We need another evangelist. When's the last evangelist we had? Some people tell me all the time, Pastor Joshua... Is God going to raise up another Billy Graham? I don't know. But I believe the call is there. And all you've got to do is be faithful to it. It came to Paul's vision. Now, Paul's vision came in the night. And it came when it was dark in his life. And I want to ask you, is it dark when you are right now? Are you? Perhaps you're online. You're saying, Pastor, it's been so spiritually dark. And God's been so quiet to me. Let me tell you, that's when God speaks the loudest. When we start shutting out what the world is saying, when we start shutting out what our family saying, when we start shutting out what anybody else is saying, let start listening to what God says. See dark you are right now? Are you, Paul? Or are you the Macedonian? That's are the one crying out as a Macedonian saying, come and help me, God! I want someone else to know something about you in prayers as well. He will keep praying. He's going to send a Paul, to come and preach to you. He surely will. Look with me in the third part here. You're either crying out, where to next? Or you're crying out, God, come and help us. There is no in between. If you're in between, you're out of God's will. you're in between saying, I just don't know what to do, don't know where to go, don't know what I'm here doing, you're out of God's will. You're either saying, God, where should I go? Or you're either saying, God, send someone to come help more about you. I've joined my brothers over the last year so in our associations and our church saying, God, rise up another one. God, rise up another preacher. God, if it's me, God, if it's us, God, if it's them, God, we don't care. We need another one to stand up and preach to our nation again that there is only one name given under heaven by which men must be saved. There's only one name salvation can come to. There's only one name, Jesus. And for somewhere, some reason down the line, we have forgotten and embraced Islam. We've embraced Hinduism. We've embraced Satanism. We've embraced every religion under the sun except for the one true religion, Christianity. We need that preacher again. Which one of you? That's you crying out. Crying out. God send me find out. My mouth, God's sin. a call to my family. You know God? God hears your prayers. However, right, well, you know you may be the Paul. God's name. So you know what, Paul? Start living it. Start declaring it. Start being obedient. After I am falling up, and after, where should I go? Well, as you know, when that's the building is not promised to you. Just say, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? That's your invitation to get involved. The figure of the next one. Look at another apparition of Jesus here. In the city of Corinth, Acts chapter 18, verses 9 and 11, one of my favorite visions the Apostle Paul had. One of my favorite apparitions. Acts 18, 9-11. Then take the Lord the call in the night by a vision. By a vision, this is what Jesus said. Be not afraid. Speak and hold not Could you imagine if he would hear that call from God again? and talk Don't be afraid. They're just going to get offended. That's all. Don't be afraid. All they can do is get mad at you. Don't be afraid. All they can do is argue and debate with you. How many of you know that you cannot debate over the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord? He is Lord. There is no change in that. Though you may be in rebellion, though humans may be in rebellion, this world may be in rebellion, it does not change the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me tell you something. You say, well, what about people who don't believe? Well, I want you to stand out there in 190, right in the middle of the highway, and say, I don't believe in Christ. See, if your belief negate reality. The reality is Jesus Christ is Lord. And one of these days, and I believe it's coming soon, one of these days, He's going to come back and every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the voice of God. And here's the vision that Papa Paul has in the night. Be not afraid. Listen to what he says to Paul because this is his message to you. Don't be afraid, but speak and hold not God Amen. You gotta wait. I just gotta keep waiting. The time will come. The time has already been. Hold not thy peace. Look at verse 10. I am with thee, and no man shall set on thee to hurt me. For I have much people in this city. I have a job for you to do, Paul. I have a reason for you to be here, Paul. And I've got people for you to reach, Paul. Let me tell you something, Paul, out in the pews of Paul online. God's got a job for you. God's got a plan for you. God's got a reason for you. And God's got a people for you to reach. Don't be afraid. Only speak and bring them to Jesus Christ. Hold on thy Jesus. Look here in verse 11. The Apostle Paul says he continued there a year and six months. Eighteen months. Teaching the Word of God among them. Eighteen months. Take Let's take a next. Here's what Corvus looks like today. I said, man, that wasn't worth visiting. I wonder how many people that's I wonder how many people received Jesus Christ. I wonder how many people became ministers through How many deacons were made? How many Sunday school teachers were made? How many pastors, bishops? Elders, how many missionaries came out of Paul's 18 months? 18 months? Oh, you can see the ruins today. That's not wow. all of the coercion, that's just some of the major structures in the Phases. But think about it 18 months in the world. Let's the next one. rescue the court, and of course you know, court was a city of extreme morality and extreme idolatry which no different in the United States. What we can learn from the vision at COVID? Can you learn? Can you learn? Let's find out. We'll a look at the next one. Even the church itself as you know, from the church itself? The church itself ended up in, in the last. What can we learn from it? We have got to look at the very beginning talk. and say, I don't believe. It's gonna be that one. It's gonna be that one. His heart is human. He's quick. His conscious gets healed. And he's gonna stand up and say, uh You don't want how many Christians. You don't know what ministries are born to say to Let's look at the next in the synagogues in the Synodog, the and the Greeks. When Silas and will come from Macedonia, Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews Jesus When they opposed themselves and blasphemed, the condemns to them. Your blood be upon your own hands. I am clean. From henceforth, I will go unto the Gentiles. So say no, and you. if you say you don't want to, you know what? There's I don't think they don't want you, I will minister somewhere. I minister I need you. Surely will. Surely have. You do so. And you take a look at the next slide. So how can you relate? Well, you might be living in, in a normal city. do you all? Central Texas has the highest, rate, second, second, degree rate. One of the highest, not the highest. One of the highest. Living in, in more places. You might be preaching to people like the Corinthians who seem not to care, they seem angry, they seem like they want to get you arrested. And we need to keep on keeping on to talk to Paul He kept on preaching, he kept on teaching. he kept on being obedient. Why? Because he remembered the vision he had on the mat. So He remembered the vision he had at the night. He remembered Jesus standing up saying, Don't be afraid, I have much. People. You know what I love about that teaching statement? Jesus doesn't tell them, I have exactly 603. So you not many people here. You don't get to decide how many of oh. them. You don't get to choose when you stop. You just keep on church. Can I tell you something right now? Fishers weren't supposed to be fishing. Witnessing can't to the net. I don't know how many. I don't know how many is in there now. I don't know how many got away. How many were true. How many were false. I have to tell you this. You should do what Paul did. He's false. false. He's Paul gets ship. You yep. know? He keeps preaching to the point where he appealed from the season. He start right there. In that story, as he gives his testimony to a gift, I appealed. In English we'll we'll let the next Acts 27, 9 to 14. Now, when much time was spent and when Satan was now dangerous because the fast is now already past, Paul can bond him to him. Now look at apostle Paul. This guy's not afraid. You know what? He is he's like, none of these things really matter anymore, do they? Once you've seen Jesus Christ. What clothes they have, what money they have, what stature or status they have, those things mean nothing. He walks right up to the captain from Centurion like he owns the place. And he admonishes them. He admonishes them. You know what that means? Hey guys, God's you right. Know he admonishes them. Who began with this? And seven of them Sir, I perceive this voyage it will be with purpose and with damage. Not only of the lading and the ship also of our lives. Nevertheless, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Why? don't well, you know, people judge Different kinds of different things. they had someone say he can't be a good preacher because he's short? they would had someone say he can't be a good pastor because he wears short shoes? He can't be a good preacher because he wears a tie. He can't be a good preacher because he, he, be he doesn't have a Western accent. There are things out there. You ever had a job not given to you because you weren't what they were looking for? Physically. Too short. Too tall. Too skinny. Too yeah. fat. It happens. And they look down at this little bitty Jew. said, what do you know about anything Other than your family. What do you know about me? How a difference. Pastor Paul told him. Do you why he told him? Because he knew 12 here. And because the haven was not commodious to the winter in, the more part advised the part did also, if by any means they might attain to peace And there to winter. Now, let me give you a modern day translation of that. That means the harbor they were in, in didn't make it happen. Why? Because there wasn't enough caverns, there wasn't enough places. That. Thank you very much. I'm going to hold for my particular belief in it and you can move, move the dairy if you wish. That is okay. Uh, my style of teaching, and my, my understanding was that, that Haven was not a happy place to the state you. Yes, I do agree that they have no food or items to get to be happy in. It. We'll let it go with that. Thank you for your attention. Because the Haven was not commodious for the winter then, the more part advised the department out for the get out of here, if by any means they might obtain containers and they're the winter, which is in Haven of creek lies for the southwest and northwest. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had obtained their purpose, reaching them, they sailed close by creek. But not long after there arose against it, a tempestuous wind called Heraclitus. You might be your pride in Heraclitus. let learn a little bit about Heraclitus next slide, too. wind actually means north wind, wind. It's called a tempestuous wind. Literally rendered a typhoonic wind, or a typhoon. It was a powerful Hard blowing wind. It's something that happens often. It's something that they should have known about. It's something that sailors were often aware of, yet they chose to move on to another home. for a reason. This is one of the reasons why we're talking died. You should listen to it. Let's take a look at the next slide. So the wind deceived them as often does in our lives. We let nature, we let what's happening around us sometimes tell us that things would be okay. You gotta remember as they're looking about what's happening in the wind, they see, well, it's kind of dying down a little bit to what we want. Maybe we'll make it in time. So the wind deceives them and they get caught up in the storms of life. And perhaps we have done that. Perhaps you're doing that. Perhaps you right now are at home online saying, Well, things are gonna be okay. They're gonna be the way I want them to be. Don't get fooled. Don't get fooled. You can't fix it. You can't change it. It's not okay. Your home's a war is Why? Because it doesn't have Jesus as Lord will not be okay because Jesus Christ is Lord in it. You can try anything you want to. You can get Dr. Phil. You can get Oprah Winfrey. You can get anybody's advice in the world. But until Jesus Christ is Lord, then the, the winds are just as easy. So to the next slide. Acts 27, verses 20 to 24. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared and no small tempest lay on us, all hope that we should be saved was then taken away. But after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, should have listened or hurt to me, and not have listened to preach, and have gained this form and this loss. It, it. You should have listened to me. Next slide. And now I exhort you to be of good fear, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, and we're looking at that other apparition, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before a angel. No, God has given you all them that sail with me. I love this particular phrase. Verse 24. God has given you all them that sail with you. Do you know what that means? That means that you talk to Paul like any good Christian who's gone with Jesus saying, Lord God Almighty, let these people Let these people make it. Let these people make it through the storm. Let them make it safely to the shore. Let them make it there. And their angel shows up and says, God has given me all them that sail with thee. He's heard your prayers. Let's take a look at this. So unless you stay with the ship, you know what Paul says. You cannot the saved. Look at in Acts 37, 37 and 31, and I'm running out of time quickly now. And as the shipmen were about to flee out of the ship when they had let down the boat into the sea under color, cover, as though they would have cast anchors out of the full ship. In other words, it a pain They're trying to act like they're letting down the ship to lighten it, but instead they're going to get into it and escape they're camouflaging it. they feeding with their actions. They're under color as though they would have passed anchors out of the four ships. Paul said to the centurion and to the soldiers, accept you to in in the ship. You cannot be saved. I want to see no know something. ship is a picture. It's a picture of God's Word. It's a picture of what will happen if you decide to leave God's way, God's path, God's Word. Now, I know you might say later on, well, the ship is broken up, God. No, you need to understand the picture right now. The picture right now is you need to be with God. You need to be with God's Word and you need to be in God's plan and in God's will. And if you get out of God's plan and out of God's will, you will find yourself and see what In fact, if you're not in, Jesus is Lord. You will not be saved. Jesus is the Lord for His Let's go to the next slide. What does that mean for us? Number one, to get to They That's what I say with 1 <laughs> talks to us about uh, the me. In West 19. Holden faith and a good conscience which some to put away concerning faith and may In other words, they just let it go wherever it was going to go. It hit places. It hit, rockets, it hit rocks. It hit it it, it ran the ground. You we do that with our faith? Of course we do to ask me, Pastor, can you leave your salvation? No, I don't believe so. I owe you I promise you, you can. me a shipwreck. You can make a shipwreck of your faith. You have to go to God saying, how do I get in half? Let's look at that next thought. you got to stay with the ship. It might be broken. It might be wrecked. It might be battered by the wind. spoken to you. And I'm going to ask you to humble yourself tonight. I'm going to ask you to open your heart to come to Jesus tonight. I also ask you if perhaps you say, Pastor, I, I am a Christian am not walking lightly for I'm Jesus willing to come. I ask you to humble yourself. Bring yourself to Jesus tonight. Let's pray together. Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name and old house. Thank you, Lord God, for your work. I'm asking you, Lord God, to reach out and touch. us, to take choice. I'm also asking you, Lord God, we want to need to come to know you. We need to get a heart like with you? Anyone need to be a part of that. Let not be like the night. Lord, we we'll give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus. Amen. Would you come if we sing just one song to the verse if you Only trust that we come to see you. Dark, would you come. You need to hear them. Come on, amen. God bless you. I hope you enjoy the time of worship. Do us well, family, baptism. Don't forget, we'll be here Wednesday night, 6 30. Bible study at prayer time. We'll be a part of that. Don't forget, Monday night, our talk out here. be in prayer about that. If you want to be a part of it, meet me in part of lot. 6 o'clock. And we're going to go out and share the gospel so, and do some work in the outreach right there. Also, something you to care about Saturday the 28th. The future is going to get together and do some things. But then in the evening time, the city of Puck is having their Halloween chat in the city park. I'm going to go there with gospel chat. You're welcome to join me and be a part of that in the evening time. So I'm going to invite you to carefully consider to a part of that. Let's close that word of prayer and I will see you guys on Wednesday. Let's pray together. That's right, OCC Catherine. Thank you, Esther. Also in the morning at 10. Let's close that word of prayer. Thank you, Lord God, for this day. Thank you for your love and for your peace. Also, ask you, Father God, right now, to go because you depart house. Help us, Father God, to share the gospel wherever we go. Bring us safely back to the house to worship you. And may we, Lord God, have the opportunity to share the gospel everywhere we go. Help us to never forget you are Lord. And help us to declare that and deliver it. In Jesus' mighty name amen. amen. God bless you all. Shalom. And I'll see you guys on Wednesday.